morning. This is Henry Harris, another edition of the Spiritual Foundations of Mental Health. Today's topic, can love and finding fault reside together? Okay, let's begin at looking at what is what, what are we talking about? As we like to do, we review the basic premises. What do we mean by the spiritual foundations of mental health? Well, we mean to say that your mental well-being, my mental well-being, everyone's mental well-being is not reliant or dependent on any circumstance in this world. It's not reliant or dependent on any performance or or or, or uh, set of feelings. If a person has an abundance of fear or anxious feelings or sad feelings, that's not an indication of a lack of mental health. Uh, if a person has... Um, uh, uh, distress it, it or, or, or strong up strong ups and downs. That's not an indication of mental of lack of mental health. Rather, a person's mental well being, a person's mental health, is grounded in something that is beyond him. We are connected to a source of wisdom that thereby in, endows every single person with an extraordinary um, well being, an extraordinary access right now, right this very moment to health and well-being. Now, the interesting thing is, is that we are capable, you and I, each and every single individual in this world is capable of misunderstanding the nature of our well-being, the nature of our mental health, the nature of our psychological experience, such that we can come to feel, wait a second, this type of feeling is not good. In fact, it's so not good that there must be really something wrong. There must be something wrong with my life. There must be something wrong with me. Now, I'm not suggesting that there aren't things worthy of fixing or intervening in and responding to in life. There are. Uh, but it's, it's very valuable to understand the premise, a truthful premise upon which we are taking those steps, taking those actions to change and intervene. We're doing so with the premise, a, a true premise of, of we are healthy right now. We are healthy. We are, we are not broken. There's nothing, um, there's nothing inherently wrong with us, despite the fact that we might feel that there is. So how does that work exactly? Where all our feelings, I, this is how it looks to me. My, I'm having feelings all over the place. I get, uh, I get nice and easygoing, peaceful feelings. I get distressed, um, hurt, insulted feelings. I get uh, calm, expansive feelings. I get anxious and fearful feelings. I, I get the whole gamut of them. Now, at times it looks to me, and this happens kind of in a way that I'm not fully always, I'm not always fully conscious of. I, I get a, a feeling, let's say I get a display, a displeasing feeling. It's very normal that a human being gets that feeling and instinctively looks to uh, kind of like ward, ward it off, almost like, you know, I can imagine that apparently white blood cells sense the presence of, a, of an unhealthy uh, uh, germ or virus or something along those lines. And it sends off a sensor and it's like, wait, alert, alert, you know, go and fix that, go and kind of manage that, go and uh, neutralize that invader. Well, that's how it feels to me. Again, I'm not always fully conscious of it, but I can kind of see after the fact sometimes that that's what I'm doing, that a, a, a strong, unpleasant feeling kind of shows up. And there's like this alert sound that goes off in my heart, you know, like there's this alert warning, like danger, danger, unpleasant feeling, um, fix or avoid, run away from, 
uh, change, like don't allow that to be in your life. Now, the only pride and, and what we what what the logic behind that then becomes, well, what's the what's causing this? Like where this unwelcome feeling, this intruder in my mental landscape, what's causing that? And then again, not fully consciously, I kind of my mind starts to get busy with like, where, where's it coming from? What's causing it? And then I get answers, you know, my mind generates, it spits out answers like, well, that's cause she's not doing this or he's not doing that. Or my childhood, I got this, or, uh, I have a deficiency here. There's all kinds of, uh, uh conclusions that I kind of hang that, that dangerous feeling on. And it's all built on this kind of basic logic, which I'm going to suggest is a false logic. It's all built on this idea that the presence of that distressing feeling is an alert. It's, it's a danger signal. And as a self-respecting human being, I'm going to try to either run away from or neutralize that danger. Right. I mean, that's, a, I guess you might call that the simple kind of fight flight response. There's a, there's a value to a fight flight response in a human being, because there are things that are actually dangerous. There are actually dangerous things in this world, right? A person who walks along a street and all of a sudden senses uh, the presence of uh, a potentially dangerous person gets a feeling, Hey, there's a danger potentially here. That's not an inappropriate thing. I don't want to suggest, Oh, that's, that's just you misunderstanding your feelings. No, our feelings can present us with um, some very helpful information. But it's certainly helpful to understand that it's also the case that just because you feel it doesn't mean it's worthy of fighting or fleeing from, right? We get all kinds of feelings that um, are not, are just not necessary to fight or flee from. And that's really what I'm focused on here is that we can innocently mistake all distressing feelings, all unpleasant feelings as a source of danger that we must run from or fight. And, uh, and then kind of instinctively, unconsciously, our mind gets busy, our mind gets busy analyzing, our mind gets busy, like, well, where's that coming from? Where do I, where do I run to? Or how do I manage or fix it? All of that is built on a misunderstanding and it really ties us down. You know, it really just kind of, it just absolutely, uh, um, it just dominates our consciousness. Our consciousness becomes totally drawn after a mistaken understanding. And we become paralyzed. We become trapped. We become trapped inside of our own kind of misunderstanding that there is danger. I must fix it. I, I must flee from it. I must understand it. I must analyze it. I must analyze it. I must analyze it. And, and and we become paralyzed. And all of that is in the presence of something that's really not dangerous. Or it's not. Feelings are um, are part of a human experience. We're having them all the time. We're getting the experience that we're getting from this simple single source. The disagreement I'm having with a, a loved one or a neighbor or something to that effect, it can't actually create the feeling I'm having. And further, the feeling that I'm having in a given moment isn't dangerous per se. I don't need to rid myself of that feeling. I can look at it. You know, as I start to be get, become more comfortable with how this whole phenomenon works, I start to 
to be able to be with my feelings. And then I have the ability to see more, more carefully, is this a feeling that I want to, uh, to listen to and to, and respond to, or is this a feeling that is not necessary to respond to? That's going to be an outgrowth of this, of learning about this. And all of this is built on kind of a, a basic idea that we are, uh, everything in this world is being animated moment to moment by a single simple source. There is nothing in this world that has its own power, that has its own capacity to, to generate in itself or to generate things in others. Our experience is, is being created from in this moment from a source that is beyond us. I'm getting new moods. I'm getting new thoughts. I'm getting, a, I have a stream of consciousness that is flowing through me that is lifting my mood and dropping my mood and as I come to appreciate the truth about my experience, then uh, I start to realize how safe it is, how human it is. I'm not saying that it doesn't feel painful at times, but painful feelings are not dangerous. And to the degree that we gain understanding about that, then we have experienced such a blessing, such a gift of freedom that we are no longer dependent on the, the world feeling a certain way in order to be able to live our lives. We don't, we're not dependent upon uh, having our emotional landscape look one way and not another way in order to be able to function and, and not just function, but to thrive. We have this extraordinary freedom that opens up. Now, all of that I'm describing right now is, is I'm describing a logic. I'm describing kind of a, a, a way of how things work, but obviously built into the way in the description I'm offering about how things work is the understanding that we're not capable of of causing that understanding to reside in our heart. That understanding can reside in our heart as a gift. It can, and it will, it will, it will transform our perception of ourselves in the world we live in, but we can't uh, kind of grasp it in a, in a conscious kind of intellectual way. Now I'm going to grasp the inside out nature of life. Now I'm going to, to intuitively understand that my experience is being created and shaped, not by the circumstances of my past or present or, or future, but rather it's being created in this moment from a source beyond me. I, I don't know how to kind of turn that consciousness on. Um, however, I trust that it's true, whether I see that in an insightful manner or I don't. I trust that it's true. I have the ability to know that that is true, even as it feels to me that it's not true. And this to me is the mitzvah of Emunah. The mitzvah of Emunah, the Jewish teachings tell us that there is a constant obligation and opportunity to affirm that there is a single simple source behind everything in this world. And simultaneously that there is a constant opportunity and commandment to affirm that there is no other source. To, to believe that there's some other source that's causing things in this world that has actual power is a form of idolatry. So these are, it's a wonderful pursuit that we're doing by listening to these ideas. We're fulfilling a tremendous uh, spiritual accomplishment, and we're positioning ourselves to be more uh, susceptible to seeing new things, to having insights, to becoming more sensitive to and conscious of how we're being gifted. We are. We are being gifted with moment-to-moment -moment new understanding. Our moods are moving, are up and down. We can become a witness to that. We, be, we can become an actual spectator to that, even as we appreciate the, the, the gift of, of choice that we have, the gift of the ability to, to acknowledge that truth, to acknowledge what's not true. We are, on the one hand, on the receiving end of this divine flow, and we get to, we get to watch it, 
and we get to make choices as we go. It's a fascinating and beautiful opportunity that we have in this life. So I introduced today's topic as can love and finding fear, uh, excuse me, can love and finding fault reside together? Let me, let me, let me elaborate a little bit on what I mean by that, meaning can there be something that can a person feel true and authentic, what we might call unconditional love, while simultaneously having a uh, uh, having awareness of the faults in another, i.e., quote unquote, critical? Right? Can he be? Can he have love for someone and have a, a, a critical criticism of that person at the same time? So. In short, I believe the answer is absolutely, and in fact, that is the goal. The goal is to, uh, to there, there's nothing mutually exclusive about uh, loving someone unconditionally and being aware of their faults, and it's meaning to be able to be critical of those person, of that person's um, misunderstanding, shortcomings, etc. They're not a contradiction. Now, it's obviously normal that uh those don't reside together meaning it's possible that a person can can experience criticism and fault finding in a way that it really reveals there's something missing in his love for another right it's when i feel criticism toward another it's going to look a certain way it can look it's going to and it's going to feel a certain way i can i can feel the i can see and observe that there's a, a lack of understanding in, in someone, I'd say a child, a parent, it's the most normal thing for a parent or a teacher. In fact, this is the ideal, the ideal of a parent or a teacher and both, a, and, and a student is referred to as a child in Jewish wisdom, because there's no way to truly give over wisdom and to be of help as a teacher without, without accomplishing a sense of love for that student. It must be that a student becomes like a child to you if you're going to be successful. So there's no contradiction between uh, having a, a deep, deep desire for someone's good and a deep feeling of, of love and appreciation for this person's virtue while simultaneously being aware that they're missing something. And again, it's possible... Oh, so I was saying that that the that the feeling of criticism is going to show up, and it, it can show up in more than one way. The the feeling of a critical fault finding can show up in kind of a of a it can come it could come. I, this is how it feels to me. There are times where my being aware of or noticing a fault in another can show up with like a a, a, a negativity, like a like almost like a disdain. Uh, a, a negative feeling. So that, that feeling of like the negative feeling, like there's, I, I don't, I don't, um, how would I put it? Like uh, there's like a personal animus. There's like a personal resentment even. Um, obviously that would be an indication that it, you know, I can name the fault. I can name the fault and it might be that I'm actually seeing the fault, but to the degree that it's accompanied by like a disdain, uh, a dislike, that's an indication that there's something missing from my love. There's something missing about my the the clarity of love. Love is the love Jewish wisdom defines as the pleasure that comes from seeing and identifying a person with their virtue. 
it, it's the pleasure that comes from seeing and identifying a person with their virtue. There isn't a person in this world that doesn't have fault, but his virtue, his his essence, is so beautiful, is so beloved, is so dear that it 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 it's just a standalone truth that his <clears throat> he's beloved and and delightful, and his essence is so so precious. Now that's uh, uh, the ability to sense that is really a. Uh, uh, there's a gift-like quality to that, to, to really sense the belovedness of another in that profound manner. is it, it, it's, a, it's something that we can strive toward, but ultimately it is a gift. It's a spiritual gift that we can receive, uh, that we perceive such a clear sense of someone's beauty, someone's essence, such a, it's a, it's a gripping feeling of like, oh, so beautiful, so delightful, so precious and the awareness that that same person that is so delightful precious is also um possessive of misunderstanding that leads to a self-centeredness or that leads to a lack of consideration or that leads to a lack of dignity it's not a contradiction when you sense it when you sense the preciousness then you can see it and you can talk to such a person and you can say what are you doing with love in your heart you can say what are you doing you're, 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 you're really, you're harming yourself. And it pains me. It pains me. Now, I'm not saying just because I, I can say these words and describe kind of what it would look like to feel love in one's heart, a real deep love for someone and at the same time be aware of fault that that's just, oh, just say those words. And that's, that's a, uh, that's a, that's an indication that you have this kind of unconditional love. It's a gift. It's a spiritual perception of someone's um, essence. And that requires, like all spiritual perception, it requires a gift. But at least we can know that it's possible. Whereas if, I, if I'm feeling like annoyance, let's say I, a child or a student is acting inappropriately, and I just feel so burdened and annoyed by their behavior, and I want to snap at them, wake up, you, wake up, you're just you're just, don't you see how ridiculous you're acting? Don't, even if I don't say those words, but I feel that kind of impatience, I feel that disdain. That's an indication that there's something not quite clear to me about just how precious this person's essence is. Now, I, it could be that as a parent or a teacher, you can't wait around till you get that deep clarity of their spiritual beauty. You, you have to work with what you've got, but at least you can have an operating a, a definition as to what's what's the goal, you know, what's the goal? I haven't reached the goal yet. I, I, and I can even say to my child or my student, I can say to them, you know, I just want you to know that 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 I'm seeing something here. it's uh, it seems to me that there's a fault. And I'm also aware that I'm not um, I, I'm a little personally affected by it. Like it's, it's, I'm experiencing a certain personal bother about it. So you might hear there's a little disdain and personal bother in my voice. I, I, I apologize that I don't have, um, I can't see quite past that personal disdain and bother. And I'm just going to do my best to express to you the, all the love that I have, plus my critique, because I feel it's important to you. I, I, we can know what the goal is. If I feel the, if I feel the disdain or the, dis, or the d annoyance, it's a, it's a kind of a, it's a, just a bit of an, of a, it's like an indicator light, you know, it's like a litmus test to sense, oh, there's something missing from the purity of my, of my love. Uh, but I, it doesn't, dis, it doesn't 
it doesn't contradict that there is still love in my heart. We're talking about a spectrum. You know, there's a spectrum of, of, um, of, of love that is pure, pure. And then there's, uh, then there's like measures of love that are mixed in with kind of like personal perceptions and agendas and how much this person's bothering me and annoying me. And ultimately our goal is to kind of hold that truth in our hearts. What do I do when I'm feeling so much annoyance and so much disdain for someone that I'm in a committed relationship with my spouse, my child, a student, a, a friend, what do I do with that? Well, the first thing to do is to recognize the feeling that I'm feeling, that kind of annoyance, it can't be coming from their behavior. Their behavior, even if it's faulty, it can't, it's not capable of generating that feeling in my heart, even as it could be that they're doing something inappropriate. How do I get that uh, feeling out of my heart? Well, I don't know. I just, but at least let's tell the truth about it and do our best. That's the, that's really very much a theme of, of what I'm looking to share in these conversations is we don't have the ability to kind of program our, our consciousness, but at least we can tell the truth about the consciousness that we're experiencing, the state of mind that we're experiencing, the feeling I'm having of annoyance, even as I acknowledge there is love toward this person, that's an indication that I'm, 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 I'm living in a certain, um, there's a certain amount of kind of personal thinking that's I'm not seeing clearly and fully how precious this person is. Okay. But I'm not going to blame them at the very least. I'm not going to say, boy, I have no choice, but to feel this annoyance. I have no choice, but to feel this disdain and, and disregard their behavior demands is the, is absolutely causing my annoyance. How else would I feel except this annoyed feeling? Because look at their behavior, look at their deficiency. No, it's not true. There's an interesting law in, 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 in Jewish law that says that a, uh, a judge, a person who occupies a position on a Jewish court, he must be someone who has children because the ultimate measure, the ultimate goal of a parent is to have, is to reside with these two things simultaneously, the, the deep feeling of love that's unconditional and the perception of, I see this person's faults. Like what else is a parent teacher supposed to do except to assist and guide and, and provide input and direction, which includes in, in, which includes the ability to recognize fault. A, a true love will acknowledge and recognize fault. And to the extent that a person is truly loving and committed to another, he will find a way to communicate that in, in a way that communicates love simultaneously. There can't, in Jewish law, a judge cannot be a judge if he hasn't stood in that role in which he becomes aware, oh, wow, it's possible to be uh, deeply loving of someone and simultaneously aware of their faults. That's the, that's, you can't, you can't act as a judge if you haven't perceived, had a, had a taste of that awareness. And like in all things, this is a level of awareness. This is a spiritual perception that we are, uh, it's not static in our lives. There are times where our perception, our, our experience of this measure of love is more clear. There are times where it's less clear, but, uh, it, the possibility of that love, that deep, deep and unconditional love that resides together with awareness of fault, it's real, it's there, it is possible, and it represents a measure, it, it represents a, a clear vision that we're after. It represents a, a clear vision, and when, I'm, when I fall short of that, when I find myself filled up with annoyance and disdain, 
it's not us. It, it's it's helpful and it's very very valuable to at least know what's true and what cannot be true. It's not that the the behavior is the source of the annoyance. It's the it's my lack of clarity. It's my lack of perception. I'm uh, I'm a process. I'm I'm on a journey. I'm evolving, and I part of my prayers include that I should experience a true and clear perception of the belovedness of my fellow and certainly the people that I'm responsible for. I, I pray that, that, that the creator of the universe fill my heart with a clear and deeper perception of their preciousness that can reside alongside an awareness of, of where they are missing, where they lack understanding, how and therefore that I should be able to be a true help to them in accomplishing their great potential, their great mission in this world.